Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the NXT Review. I'm Michael Hamflick from What Culture and I'm joined by Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to discuss everything that happened on last night's edition of NXT. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only preview and show, review the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, but also Raw, SmackDown, AW Dynamite, AW Collision. Pay-per-views, premium live events, we also hold wrestler interviews, have roundtable discussions, and not this week, have a round of the week complete with the bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Sige, I always feel like when we do this review or preview or any kind of NXT content without Willborn, we have to address the elephant in the room. Good afternoon, Mr. Elephant. But also the fact that uh, Willborn brings certain flavour, shall we say, to the NXT review, such as his enthusiasm for the show he earnestly believes to be the best show of the week. I like it when I feel the same. I did not this week. I felt loud for this. <laughs> I don't want to get into the big macro. Well, we like what it is. I do, but it's a bit rubbish. But we like. I don't care. Just get into it. Get out of it, and we'll try and have some fun along the way. My God, this is just rubbish television. It's rubbish television. It's it's often really rubbish television. Um, but that wasn't the case for the most part with the opener, which I thought was. Sort of strong, if instantly forgettable. And I say that because we're recording this in the afternoon instead of the morning. And the three hours difference, maybe, in recording time, might as well be three days. Yes. NXT evaporates from your brain. Like, as you're watching it, this was the opener of the show, and I was very conscious that I was going to be hosting this. And I thought, right, I want to remember the feelings. I want to remember any sort of key spots I want to bring up because I'll be doing, I'll be tempting and failing to do the job that Adam Wilborn so diligently does. I can't. Like, there's a really cool springboard DDT from the apron to the floor. Yeah. Well, the top turnbuckle to the floor it was it deranged. Dangerous as hell in this, like, awesome uh, flourishing sequence. We should uh, say it was uh, the Jim versus Tyler Bate, Wesley, and Mustafa Ali. So there's kind of two things happening with both sets of characters that aren't necessarily related to each other, which is that the Jim are kind of doing just fine. Uh, without Joe Gacy, but then when Joe Gacy mixes in, things go a little bit wrong. But here he is wanting to prove that, no, no, we're, we're stronger than every game. And Wesley, Tyler Bay, and Mustafa Ali are kind of having a three-way feud, but not a feud, over Wesley's North American title. They're all definitely, definitely friends, and one of yes. them definitely isn't turning. Uh, so it's all, like, it's work-rate pervert stuff that kind of is fairly unfeeling, but it's decent anyway. The building are really hot for it. And the finish finds this confusing little setup uh, where 
to be fair, the Jesus do this awesome triple team move. They uh, launch um, Wesley, I think it was, into Joe Gacy for a like a flying uh, tiger bomb. It's a really great. Oh movie. my god! It's like a yeah. Oh my god! Like a sort of oh elevated god. shield bomb or something. There, like way up in the air, alley oops them up, bang down at the mat. One incredible, really, really great. One, two, the referee slides in because seconds earlier. The main referee for the match was not bumped, but ever slightly blinded and missed Tyler Bate tagging Wesley in. So Wesley wasn't the legal man, Tyler Bate was. And a second referee that is now finally answered Jim Ross's calls to have more goddamn officials out there. There's too much going on for this one referee to keep track of. NXT has listened first, apparently. Right, I know. Uh, so this other referee slides in, stops the mat from hitting three. Yijima rightfully agreed, because they, this is the weird thing. As the heels, don't even really seem to know that they've taken advantage. It's one thing for the referee was blinded accidentally. Yes. Yijima have just kind of gotten with the action of kicking ass and haven't really noticed that there's anything afoot. So they're just trying to win the match with their cool moves and have failed. And they're like, what the frig's this? The fans don't necessarily seem to have fully picked up on it. Vic Joseph, and especially Booker T, have got no idea. And well, Booker got T's f- got no idea <laughs> about anything at the best of times. And they've got a format in front of them, so it's like, this is a work, lads. It's okay. Like You can describe to us, the viewers, what's happening if we haven't picked it up. So, yeah, you get this like referee confusion with the blinded first ref going like, why? Why have you stopped the game? He's like, oh, he's a legal man, so-and-so. And in that time... The baby faces are able to rebound. You get that awesome Moose Far Alley, like genuinely terrifying and slightly deranged in concept, uh, flying DDT to the floor. That completely throws Yijim out of whack. And uh, Wesley, is it Wesley? I'm going to double check that. No, sorry, it was uh, Tyler Bate, who, of course, was the legal man, was able to hit Tyler Driver, night, yeah, Bibby Boppy, bollocks, and Tyler Driver 97 on Joe Gacy. Again, the kind of losing member of Yijim for the win. Um, we'll wrap this up now as well. Later on backstage, we had the three baby faces, and Tyler Bate was like, I know this great vegan place we can go for dinner, lads. And the other two were like, This guy, this guy is such a hippie. But we found out that because these bloody referees need to tighten up, if anything, uh, Mustafar Ali is going to be the referee between in the rematch between Tyler Bate and Wesley to ensure that there's going to be none of this bloody silliness. Some of them, one of them's turning, two of them are turning. Mr. Farley's going to be a dodgy referee for one of them. Like, uh, I don't care. Well, that's preview stuff. Let's not step on our own dicks. Okay. This match established a precedent that I hate immediately. I, I, I just play by the rules. I've, it, the bloodline has brought this into focus. AEW's just weird non-decision. I think they've, it's just happened so gradually that they themselves have not noticed but the ref bombs, the interference, like, I'm at this point so exhausted by, in general, North American episodic wrestling TV, and it's even worse than I was in 2018, 2019, because I've seen it done really well. We said this a lot on podcasts now, because, of course, different things are going to be flashing back to us from that wonderful trip in Vegas. Both of us, in the building, were saying... The agent didn't need some work on this double or nothing card because yeah. there was run-ins all the time. You were constantly trained to look on the floor I'm for the just, label. I, I right. see corny schmoz after corny schmoz yeah. after corny schmoz after corny schmoz, and particularly with the bloodline. And more so the worst people on Twitter's reactions to it. <laughs> just the idea that it's so contrived and so corny and in a post-VAR world. I just want one wrestling company to really give themselves the challenge yeah. of, you know what, do action replay or just have like really great officiating. It's been years between WWF, 
WWE, WCW, TNA, now AEW. It feels like I have spent years and years, virtually my entire life, because I don't remember anything before I watched WWF in the living room. Mm. I don't have any memories before that was in my life. Yeah. For my entire life of that I can remember, like legitimately, I have been watching schmoz, corny schmoz, interference, distraction, bad finishes, idiotic referees, and I would just like at this point them to just get over it, wrestling itself, or at least one company to just truly challenge themselves with a completely different futuristic way of presenting the way that these matches are officiated and the way that the finishes go and... I'm just bored. I'm just bored of Carney wrestling. I really am at the moment. Like when TV shows have rules, make that like rule number one. The yes. referees are this yeah. red pen, never to the, be changed. The Seinfeld is no hugging, no learning. Yeah. And like, it's always sunny, kind of had that, but even now, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Great sitcom if you've not already watched it. It's getting like emotional moments at the end of every season. Yeah. And it's losing sight of what it is. And I think this just happens with everything. AEW is a prominent example. So this match in WWE sets the precedent that there's a standby referee who. Comes out immediately at the first suspicion that the re- uh, the the referee has been injured in the throes of a match, which is genuinely always going to happen, particularly in a trios match. Standby referee just solves the first thing straight away. Yeah, I hate that they've set this precedent because why wouldn't they do this for the next million Roman Reigns matches? I know the reason they do the ref bump to facilitate their terrible acting. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's what they do. I hate uh, this match. Just annoyed me immediately. It's like, oh, he set the precedent now. WWE. Remember they did the last time I recall they did an instant replay um, angle. Was was it in Usos, Gable, and Benjamin? He rings a bell. Yes, did, yes, that's right. Yeah, they did and an then instant replay. Like, uh-huh. You can't do that because you should do it all of the time. It's fair. Aye, there's baddies that like work to cheat more than they do to win, and you need heels, I guess, but. Do you know what people misunderstood uh. about the how annoying the dusty finish was? Because I suspect, and I include myself, maybe yourself in this, I don't know. I suspect a lot of the time people maybe read about a dusty finish before they were able to access the footage of watching one yes. take place. You've just mentioned about WWF in your living room. I dare say that's the case with a lot of wrestling fans that find Dusty Rhodes' vision of pro wrestling booking in the 1980s later. One of the biggest problems wasn't that he was having a referee flag up that there was a problem or changing the finish and you get to celebrate this moment before it's ripped away, it was the fact that you were kind of screwing the paying customer. Yeah. In kayfabe, it was sort of made sense. It was it was primitive VAR. It was like a thing is... I'm thinking of Lex League with Ric Flair covered in inverted commas in blood in the torture rack and yeah. then the referee stops the match and everybody goes, Luger's done it! And then it turns out Luger was bleeding and it was a, a, Philadelphia, a Pennsylvania State Athletic Commission thing and yeah. that was what we didn't see. VAR would call it in favour of Ric Flair. Yeah. And the referee was following the rules so fastidiously that the fans were like, no! Like, I feel so cheated by this. It's, it's big toes offside, who cares? Yeah, it's that sort of thing. Whereas, I think now, you would never get a dusty finish as earnest as that because they would just make it up from one segment to the next. And nobody nobody would care to, like, enforce any rules so specifically. Like, as you say, like, this this was actually quite a contrived way for a referee to run in. Normally, when a referee's down, it's like, one, two... Why is the other one not already at ringside just in case? Like, should, uh, yeah, there should be a... Uh, uh, rather than Charles Robinson in the meme. Charging down. a new way. AEW got so close. JR's nailed it, I think. 
multiple fish or we're get some, get some goddamn professionals. I guess together. Amateur hour. Rick Knox. Amateur hour. Speaking of amateur hour, we've got Thea Hill, Charlie Dempsey, and Drew Gulak trying to do some acting. Oh my god, Charlie Dempsey. Uh, lock it in. Lock it in. Uh, I think that's a bit, but I don't wish to know what the parody is. But anyway, Thea Hill has been getting drilled by Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak um, while Duke Hudson remains kind of a little bit too busy and passive. Uh, however, I'm glad Wilborn's not here. I know. However, there was a development here, way more interesting than that, with Duke Hudson. So they all go off. Obviously, Thea Hill's got a big match tonight ahead of a uh, fight with Tiffany Stratton for the belt. And Duke Hudson calls Andre Chase to be like, ah, oh, like, I'm, I'm getting a bit overwhelmed. Uh, like, Thea's obviously hanging around with these. So anyway, just give us a call back if you can. And the implication is that Andre Chase is kind of ghosting him a little bit. And Andre Chase tweeted as much. With a little missed call, oopsie, eyeball gimmick. So he's playing along with it. It's the first acknowledgement that Andre Chase is at least healthy enough to be back on his feet answering his phone after Bron Breaker decked him. Yeah. But I didn't expect I remember it. that now. Yeah. But I didn't expect it to be this way around. We're led to believe that Duke's like rubbing his hands together going, great, Andre Chase is on the shelf and now this place is mine. But then all of a sudden he's like bombarded with admin and marking. He's like, please come back, Andre. And Andre Chase is what? Enjoying his time away what, from... What did you cut and expect? Uh, well, and uh, do you, like, do you, you got any friends that are teachers in real life? Like... Um, do I? Yes. I don't really speak to them that much anymore, but I've got a teacher, mate. Probably because they're too busy with work. They are some of the most downtrodden and busiest people I know in terms of the fact they're always working, even when they're not working. Teacher mate. I've got, actually, no, I've got two teacher mates. Uh-huh. Very good friends at different stages of my life. I probably should reconnect. <laughs> Three kids. Oh, my God. My, two, uh, two or three kids. True story. I'll not name any of the people involved so nobody gets in trouble. But I got a good friend that went to a teaching conference. Um, he was male and he's just had his like second child when he goes to this conference. And he asks a question to somebody that was doing like a keynote speech or whatever about like, um, like I've just had my second child and I've like found it hard enough in this paternity leave, let alone while like raising another young child. And the keynote speaker to the conference full of people said, yeah, you can kind of be a good teacher or a good parent. You can't be both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what you could sign up for. Like, it's, t- had, it's too hard. I had another mate. Has gets first child over the moon. Mm-hmm. Tries again. <laughs> twins. Oh, my God. Can you imagine having twins on your second one? No. I've told the five under five story before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had two. Yeah, I'll have one more. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking triplets as your third kid. God damn. It just... Oh no! Oh. That's so, sectomy treating you. Better than that. Yeah, <laughs> a lot better than those guys. Uh, it's, it's sore balls, though. Anyway, yeah, um, speaking of uh, sore balls, I tell you, he's got a burnt ass, and that's uh, Brom Breaker. He comes out like, look, I kind of like sharp suited, ridiculous tan, full beard Brom Breaker. He's kind of. I don't. You don't. He's an idiot. Yes, jock, moron. I need him in the Letterman jacket. I need him in the. I need this moron gym bro who all he does ever uh-huh. is like bench press, eat raw, uh, eat boiled chicken, probably smashes some birds, <laughs> and then gets pissed off when he like goes on the news. So I don't in America anymore. Like he's, he's an <laughs> idiot. He's a moron. I hate the idea that Bron Breaker looks somewhat like he's trying to be. I don't know, like a Bockwinkle look. I just think, I think he's like, he's the stupid guy trying. He's like, hmm, thought I'd be a bit more sophisticated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, yes. that's how I took it. Got me one of them fancy suits. 
get it, but it's still stupid. I don't like it. He should just be the dumbest man alive. That's fair enough, I suppose. Uh, speaking of the dumbest man alive, here comes Elia Dragunov, just running out trying to get past security and getting absolutely nowhere with it. Like I understand that they're trying to tell the story of like ever since last week. Like, even though we've told he loves the pain and theoretically has just been jacking it raw since Bron decimated yeah. him. He, and the thing is, he's, he can't stop masturbating because... Because <laughs> <laughs> the more painful his dick is, the more he loves it. This is better than ever. It's just a bloody stump of a knob. But maybe he just lost it a long time ago because he just couldn't stop and then it just had to just, it just withered away. So he just he assumes everybody's in the same book. Jacked it to a stump. That's it, yeah, it's, it's a trap. Basically, Ilya Dragunov no longer has a cock. Yeah. He jacked it too much. Ilya jacked it off. Um, <laughs> he, so he, he can't get past the wall, of, wall of security. Uh, Maybe that's just what he thought it was. Just there like, to be. No, 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 you, if you jack it off. Oh, yeah. You know, like you get off and like you jack off to, you know, issue. He's jacked it off. And nobody, it's like that thing where, like, there's just certain things that nobody, ex- like, you might have a bit of crack at school, but nobody gives you the full extent of the details. Yeah. So that's the thing he just thought. Like, he went to school, to school one day. Hi, oh, guys, you uh, wanked your knob off yet? What, Elia? <laughs> that's what happens to all of us, right? I've probably told the story before. <laughs> bit of material got passed around uh-huh. in year eight. I think it was uh, history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some point in a yeah, a picture. Bit of jazz. Bit of jazz. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of grumble. This kid never uh, died in his own mind right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't say his name, but they were passing it around. <laughs> and, uh, someone said, oh, you seen this? He's giving him a blowjob. It's live and I. She's sucking him off as well. That's <laughs> how <laughs> so you don't know what a blowjob is. <laughs> Left the school. <laughs> was there? You shouldn't tell Von Wagner what. No. <laughs> no, no, no. What? <laughs> They've been doing it wrong all these years. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of a wrestling forum. God damn it, I miss wrestling forums over Twitter. Oh, God, I know. Burn Twitter. Everyone get back on the forums with your not real names and live your best life. Somebody, I remember getting chased off a wrestling forum. Was it there? I can't remember which one it was, and it's probably for the best because it'd be too easy to Google. But one of the wrestling forums I used to frequent in the mid-2000s, like, did that thing where he'd admitted it, and then too many people replied, like, quote tweeting out a screenshot in it that, like, he then couldn't, like, walk it back, that nobody ever told him that you sit on the toilet, like, to take a dump or whatever, with the seat bit down. He mentioned about how, like, the like the ball was always really cold on his ass cheek. <laughs> I'm thick, me. I've got no common sense, but I never had that issue. Well, is that I've, I think this is a Twitter one, but I think I've seen before, like somebody doing one of them tweets being like, it just makes more sense it's because they've been outed as somebody that sits on the toilet backwards and like uses the thing as a reading shelf. I, that's not in my imagination. I've definitely seen that. It's more, it makes common sense when you think about it. As if you've got like this little thing you can hold on to as if you're like riding it like a mechanical bull, right? But he was, he was like, sort of, yeah, that little thing that you lift up, like, your ball's really cold on your ass, isn't it? So, what, mate? <laughs> like, reply, reply, reply. Hot, like the little flaming Whack. emoji. Hot topic on yeah, forum. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is there somebody signed for TNA? Nope, somebody sits in the toilet without the seat. Is someone there? Huh? <laughs> oh, that was great. Right. Uh, oh, sorry, we've got to go back to NXT. Uh, you know who else does? 
Seth freaking Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins. The war, where's the workhorse, huh? We, uh, while Elia Dragunov, uh, fittingly, is being pulled off from Brombreaker by the security team. More on them too later. Uh, Seth Rollins appears and is uh, quite impressed, actually. Chin strokey with uh, Brombreaker. A little bit pat- All right. yeah. <laughs> a little bit patronising, but he's uh, It's a weird old promo. They say I've absolutely phoned this one in. It's so weird. Seth is like <laughs> Bron. It's obviously pre-taped just to let. Uh, the, uh, yeah, yeah, they can't do much. So Bron has to like pretend is reacting to something that's yeah. being said live. They don't try unless I'm forgetting a line. I don't think they do. They don't try that thing sometimes where they try and play tennis to pretend it's real. They don't trust them with that. So Seth just does his big spiel. Like, I wouldn't trust Bron Breaker with that. It doesn't work like that in WWE. You can't just ask for a title shot and get one. And then he pauses for like a second and says, actually, I think I want to go back to NXT. So I'm giving you a title shot. So that's the real quiz. So in fact, you can ask one and just get one. Bron Breaker, I think, was supposed was given the instruction of acting like the supervillain, ha-ha, Seth, I've got you right where... I want you, you've fallen into my trap. But instead, he looked more like one of the kids when you told them that you're going to Toys R Us because they know they're going to get something outside of a birthday or Christmas period. Like, the face was simply too... You know what it was? It was Chris Jericho earnestly marking out for John Cena getting drafted in 2005, yes. knowing that the, the heel turn was coming. Bron Breaker just, like, mouth wide open. Yay! Like, let me celebrate that Seth Rollins is going to... Gift NXT with his presence. He was like, again, like the house that Seth built, like they're calling it. They've done like gold rush graphics. Yeah. They're doing all sort of uh, flesh and back to black and gold. And it's not even like the good black and gold. It was like the Ginger and Seth stuff that nobody really no watched. It's really like, it. like 2014 when NXT came to life, not yeah, 2012. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, uh, it's so weird. Like we talk a lot about how bad this show is. Like how really, really bad, <laughs> like terrible it is. You'd think, and they don't care. Mm. It's, Developmental. I know Nick Khan wants to make moves, but if he wanted to actually make moves on not being funny, you wouldn't put uh, Dana Brooke and Angel Garza on there. Like you would put stars in there, but he has. She's he up has. next. He has put a star in there. He's put Seth Rollins, who's one of the biggest stars in the company, and it's meant to be this big deal. And I probably would have criticized this either way mm-hmm. because I just think the most basic route, the route one, board of route one. They could have said something like, you know, we were memeing it yesterday of. You know, I'm the architect. I built this place. Oh, I was the better champion. No one even remembers your run, Seth. Your boilerplate WWE stuff. They couldn't even be competent enough to do that. It was basically Bron Breaker has already issued the challenge. He then reiterated it. This summoned Seth Rollins somehow on the screen. It's wrestling. <laughs> Just go with it. I have to. I have to go with it. Just have fun with it, Sidgwick. And then um, Seth basically mulls it over. And says, why not? <laughs> like, they're not building this as this generational NXT cla- uh, clash between eras. No. They're not billing it as, how dare you, Braun? Do you know how long I've been in the main roster system? Mm. I shouldn't give you the shot. Shouldn't be this easy. But God damn it, you've pissed me off. Anything, anything. Seth Rollins, live on air. Mulls it over just to make sure it's worth his time. In the process, he's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. It's only NXT and Braun Breaker. <laughs> and then he just says, why not? Yeah. It's so stupid. At least insult my intelligence. 
it's really strange. Uh, Seth's defending the belt on Raw in the Open Challenge, which I predict is going to be Jody McDonough. Jody McDonough. And I could well see Jody McDonough targeting like the ribs or something, to, so Rollins has to come out with all the tape ribs for the Braun match, which makes me think that they're not even giving it a finish. I, I, I just think that they'll try and protect... It's a fair. It's always that danger. Yeah. Um, we've got more flashing back to the actual golden era and somebody that like wasn't great in that period. Dana Brooke. Uh, like warm nostalgia for the entrance where she does eight things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like, and I liked. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll fight for. NXT was so perfect to me at the time that Dana Brooke and Emma were established as these little bastards in the locker room who kind of went unchecked, and then Asuka turned up and checked them both, yeah, and yeah. kicked their ass. And I love that act for that reason. Um, but this is not that Dana Brooke anymore. They completely drained her of any of her heel charisma when she got to the main roster. And now she's just kind of like returned as this, like, it's quite it's sad. A, it's a sad character. It's a, it's a veteran who has never yet good. to achieve anything and wasn't great the two first time people, around. Isn't there? <laughs> two, and two different bad ones. Like, no, I was talking about me and you. I mean, yeah. Dana Brooke's now who's never good. <laughs> well, but she wasn't. You're right. Dana like, Brooke's on-screen character, and she's been playing it for years at this point, and the in the black comedy gets all the more cruel with literally each passing day is playing a wrestler in fiction who isn't very good but bloody hell god loves a trier yeah her character is she's not very good but she's in denial that she will not make it as a wrestler and she's the kind of like she'll go to the performance center and like ask for like tips mm. and go to extra classes when she's like 64 years old yeah, and like, you know, I'm gonna say like, you know, you might as well give it up. Like, it's been years. It's one of the <laughs> oddest character arcs in WWE history. Well, you still teach me? Will you still teach me? When I'm well, 64. No, Sean, literally, will you? Yeah. The, um, like when she never 24 seven title aside, she's never won a title unless I'm forgetting like a tag ring, but I don't think she has. Um, so there's no validation really to her words, and like this, she was saying she was a free agent, which is like. Obviously, they can wrestle anywhere. The chant, you might get it in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They're not being funny. No. I mean, you are. I laughed. Yeah. But, it's, uh, <laughs> but yeah. No, it's a. It's not something they're choosing to uh, think about, are they? Just go back and do that boilerplate, I've been around the block a couple of times, dialogue, and just see if people go with it. And I think, like, based on that Battle Royal last week, I think some people did. Like, it was, I can't believe we got Dana back for the Battle Royal. She was one of the better wrestlers in it. Well, that's telling as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's not really saying much. Um, and thankfully, Cora Jade didn't say much either. She just came in and slapped her. And there's obviously going to be a program coming off the back of that because they were in the Battle Royal together last week. Then we had the Tyler, Wes, and Mustafar going for vegan food thing. One of them's going to turn, but really it should be all three because they all feel like heels to me in this stuff. Oh. I hate this group. Like, I need to twist. What's Which one of them is it going to be? Because I... I think they're just loathsome baby faces all sat together. And they're not even the worst group of baby faces. No. <laughs> the worst pairing of baby faces on the show. We'll get to that. Yeah. There's something I'll tell you what, if you think, oh, Sid has been miserable even by his standards. There's something that comes up later that I thought kind of kicked ass, actually. Well, it's not going to be this because it was Cora Jade versus Thea Hill next. No. Can you believe this only went four minutes for how rubbish it was? It felt like it lasted a long old time. I know. Um, like, it was only, there's nothing to, like, look out from the match itself it was like all very like basic exchanges they're doing the thing where Thea Hale is kind of showing that she's got more momentum than ever before so like kind of Cora Jade who is she's been in title situations like you can't call anybody on the show that's still training a veteran 
or an experienced hand or whatever, but Corey Jay has just been in the big matches. So theoretically, this should be a piece of cake for her, whereas Thea Hill's the youngest, the youngest, the youngest. But Thea Hill is just on such a roll and has been trained by Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak to have counters and all that kind of stuff. She's like adding submissions to her game. Um, and she hits like... So they go off to the floor uh, where like after the, the... I think, what was it again? Like Hill had tried to tap out Cora Jade, mm-hmm. but then the battle had rolled to the floor um, she did like the springboard to the outside. Jade, Cora Jade went for Dana Brooke, who was out at ringside observing things after the slap, and then went for a stick. Um, but then Brooke hoid her into the steps. It was one of the worst bumps you've ever seen in your life. Really terrible. But I didn't dispossess her. Just thought, I'll have this. You've shown me your back, and I'm going to take advantage of it, like every good baby face. Yes. Took her out, and then Hale got like, she got, she tapped her out with the Kimura because she's learning submissions, which is fine. And didn't Lords acknowledge that basically Dana Brooke had cheated to help. Mm-hmm. But that was what they considered a perfectly reasonable finish because turn, turnabout's fair play here in the WWE. That's bumped to the steps is my abiding memory of this match and it looked like, God, do it again. Yeah. I would just say, like, do it again, that looked rubbish. But they can't do that because they're not allowed to improvise and they have not developed the ability, the instincts to improvise. No, and Thea Hale is like, everything that is happening with Thea Hale, I like that character, I like her portrayal of this character, and I'm sort of interested now in what else is going on with um, Chase U, but this is one of them situations where they're just telling you over and over again that she's building momentum, and could she be the youngest? No, when the bell rings, none of it feels authentic, does it? Like this different yeah. strand match is going to day. It's going to day. It's just going to scream a lot, oh, and I, then like these... And then oh, these seals will go because <laughs> they can chant it for her instead of Bron Breaker now. Yeah. She's got that dog in him, and the dog is scrappy too. That yeah. Uh, Heritage Cup, um, oh, right? God. And ah, oh. uh, and ah, uh, right. So the gimmick is uh, there can be up to six rounds of three minutes each. Uh, it's best two out of three falls, pinfall submissions or count outs. All counters a fall. But a disqualification or a straight-up knockout ends it immediately. Like, cool, I guess. Like, you know when the wrestling channel launched in the UK? Oh, my God, yes. How amazing is that, right? So you get to watch um, TNA, first bro- first run in the UK ever. Ring of Honor, not without having to pay out the S for DVDs on a, like, Region 1 that you would then have to get, like, a Region 1 DVD player to even play. Noah? Noah was on it as well. They would have classic um, compilations like the Dynamite Kids, best stuff in Japan from the 80s. You'd have shoot interviews, like the, some of the ones you've never seen, the Brett and Sean shoot interviews in the 80,000s up there. And World of Sport that gave you the opportunity to finally see some of the people that every elder relative that ever was told, oh, Michael likes wrestling, had spoke to you about. Yeah. Billy in Two Rivers, Daddy in Haystacks. Mr. TV, Jackie Palo. And then every now and then you'd see, like, that exchange was brilliant. You'd go full regal, yeah, wouldn't yeah. you? Like, oh, that is proper in wrestling. Rollerball like, Rocco yeah. was the absolute best. And he was. And yeah, like, oh, my God, Rollerball Rocco was amazing. See these moments where you were just captivated by the exchange, and you would, like, you had this with the Dynamite Brett match recently, where you were just it's like, why is my wrestling not got that in it? Cause yeah, why, why does it not look like he's almost broken his orbital bone? Yeah, I don't care that he's... Uh, He's got bitch to tase, and he like clearly has eight points in the social club because he looks like he'll kill you. Yeah. And he's like dyed his hair with shoe polish or something. He's awesome. It was all that sort of stuff. And then 
every now and then, the thing you were really engaged with would stop because of rounds. Rounds are bad. Rounds are bad. What's the obsession with, like, British rules? Like, wrestling loves experimenting with this sort of stuff, doesn't it? Like British the, rules is an oxymoron. <laughs> the only Brits that rule in the podcast game. Check the charts, see which one. Me and Hamlet uh, have got this thing where <laughs> we're so fed-pilled. <laughs> be like Coliseum video brained that we've both confided in one another at various points that when uh, British people talk in wrestling, Oof. just gives us like it sends a shudder down our spines. It's like, no, you're not American. Oh, are you watching Vince McMahon? Oh, are you watching Vince McMahon? I'll tell you what, Timmy, I'll kick your off. Oh, shut <laughs> up, man. It's ass. He needs to get that steel chair out of the ring. It's like, it's like the most, it's like. Even though Dynamite Kid, Rollerball Rocco, they were low-key cooking, obviously. Oh, we've got some goated names. We've got not genuinely, like, revolutionary yeah, yeah. names. Their work sure. stands up so much. We've never mentioned him. Like, we don't, we don't talk about William Regal enough. He's built quite a legacy, like, another name. Just thought of him there. I just We've probably never put him over on a podcast. Oh, yeah, no, so, probably never have. Big never have. Um, uh, British wrestling is wish. <laughs> it, 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 it just always feels weird. Yeah. Wrong. Rounds, like, rounds are rubbish. It's not real. Fox is real. They need a bit of a rest, a bit of a chance to go to speak to the corner. You don't in wrestling. It's a different art form. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, we persist. Uh, and it's Oromensa in place of Noam Dar, because Noam Dar is appearing to be injured. It's never really clear if this is an injury he's picked up. Um, and I haven't checked online. Like, shockingly, the news site's not picking up whether Noam Dar's injury was legit or not. But, spoiler alert, he loses the Heritage Cup here. So it almost makes you think, well, that was the intended booking, and maybe he has had to sub out, and maybe Oromenza has had to go in, or is it something to do with dissension within the ranks of metaphor after yeah. seven days? Like, I, I don't know. But anyway, so Oromenza takes the place uh, of Noam Dar against Nathan Frazier, um, and pretty quickly, he's 1-0 down. Um, there's like an armbar reversal sequence, and Frazier gets the roll-up uh, in like under two minutes. So round two begins and now Mensa's got to like fight harder than before. So he's kind of like he's punching, he's kicking, he's chopping now and Nathan Frazier's still trying to like out-wrestle him and show that he's more experienced and all that stuff and he's uh, more au fait with the uh, British style. Like the, you know, there's no British way of running ropes. Mm. That, that kind of, you have to learn in Butlins or whatever. Um, turns out American stuff is better because Lash Legend offers a distraction like an actual American finish and Oromenza ties it up like really easily she doesn't even have to do much Nathan Frazier's about to get out the corner and then she just like pulls him back in a little bit yeah. and Oromenza hits this like really cool like Catherine Wheel kick and then all of a sudden he's down and out and then there's 1-1 so it's like do American stuff it's better yeah. and your body looks better uh, so they're ones each and then um I guess uh, like round three, and they can't, uh, they, you know, do like fish out of water pin four reversals, and they just can't be separated. So you get round four, and like, which way is it going to go? And uh, yet again, you've got metaphor trying to cheat, but this time, Ulyssa Leon and Valentina Feroz uh, come out and like stop finally the cheating. So they clearly they must love world of sport. They want yes. the rounds to be observed. And this time, because of the distraction from the aborted distraction, uh, Frazier's able to dodge that kick for the second time. Hits the Phoenix Splash uh, in round whatever it was and wins the Heritage Cup. It's a, a great finish to like a pretty, you know, okay, flippy match. Yeah. The way he executed it, mm. like the springboard element, it's just unbelievable. I thought, have you missed this? Like, no, no, you've actually landed it perfectly. Does like Nathan Frazier's home hitting hard, hard truths, does, uh, does it not count? Because he doesn't wrestle like he's also a like witty, quick, smart. John no, Oliver type talk show host. The two things are completely 
No, he's separate from one another. He regressed, if anything, as Fraser. Was a wrestler. With all this going on. Oh, like with the character he has yeah, to. Yeah. He I was going to say the character has to portray. He doesn't portray it. It's not I, don't know his gear. I don't know what the character is. Well, I don't know how you take that character from out of the desk to wrestling like Nathan Fraser does. Because you can't. It's no. nonsense. It's total nonsense. Tell you what, right? It's just so stupid. This program and yeah. everything on it. So you go to the lengths of establishing a new genre of match to American audiences with a new trophy for it and all the rest of it. And it's rounds, different kind of like crowd psychology or the scope, obviously, to do some interesting things within it. And then it's built from a talk show. And then you've got interference happening in the matches. Oh, well, why do the rounds? Yeah. Why do anything? Like, why, why try anything new? What's, what's the purpose? It's just going to end up in American wrestling, which also sucks. It would blow your heat off if watching some of that World of Sport on the Wrestling Channel and there was like a running, wouldn't it? You would, you would lose. Oh. What the frig is it? Yeah. There'd be like, there'd be the old women in the front row just like need to be held back by shoot police. Livid. Like, that'd be quite amazing if they'd ever done it even once. Uh, next is a video on Bird Person. And the video ends. And I don't know what went on here because I was just like waiting for the next segment of the show. But all of a sudden, like the cameras were in the women's locker room and the women were actually watching the video of Bird Person. So there must have been a huge mix up. The production desk for us to be oh, able to see this footage. Was baffled, I was baffled. Because like the wrestlers were just like really laying into one another verbally, and you're like, should we really be watching this? Yeah, you know, JC Jane, hence locker room. Oh man, JC Jane um, in particular seems to have an awful lot of problems with Lyra Valkyria stemming from the battle royal last week and asking what even is a bird person. That's the first salient point she's ever made in the history of her time on NXT. To be fair to her, um, and she's giving a bit of grief to Lola Vice, but Electra Lopez rocks up on the scene. Sends her packing with more bollocks about the Battle Royal and then says, like, she doesn't like many people. Likes a little advice. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, nothing to add on. No, absolutely nothing to say. Good, because I need you for this next segment. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh-huh. we go to uh, Mr. Stone with Von Wagner. And I... Oh, my God. And he, like, I get now, like, deputising for Wilborn here, why he sometimes turns to you for advice. Because I did take a bit of the dialogue down there and I got stuck halfway through, okay. so you're going to have to help. Right, okay. okay. I can, I can, so, I'll try. Thank you. So, Mr. Stone, like, the mid... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be 
big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Conversation, but he says, uh, you've been seeing a lot of that therapist, Von. And Von Wagner replies, she's the best she gets a lot out of me. And Mr. Stone says, <laughs> I can only imagine. Now, I can imagine too, Sage. Surely he means in terms of his emotional side, right? Not necessarily, because what? if you notice that he laughs when he says it, uh-huh. so he's interpreting a different meaning from the words that Von Wagner said that aren't necessarily like it fit. He doesn't believe that Von Wagner was saying those things at face value. But therapy is an incredible discipline to master. It takes years of study in no, university. Yeah, but you wouldn't laugh at that, though, would you? Well, that's why I, that's why so I don't understand. Get out a lot out of Von Wagner. What's in a body? Cum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's getting the, she's getting the cum out. Oh! And Mr. Stone has inferred that. Yeah. And yeah. having a big old laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Well, that changes everything. She could put anywhere. <laughs> so is he... But then I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Uh, no, I'm not actually. I'm going to do this in chronological order. Because <laughs> in this conversation that apparently has just been caught live, Dijak walks in, right? Gets keyed with his own name graphic on the bottom of the yes. uh, thing, which I love when they do that. Uh, and he just <laughs> listens to these two having a conversation and says that Mr. Stone should drop the dead weight and uh, get a real winner. This is great. He's walked in with his sunglasses off. And as he's done his, like, killer line... He puts them on, because we're inside. He's wearing a side. Great LTST for the uh, the people that have actually watched this from the beginning. The real ones, some might say. Um, Mr. Stone, again, like kind of breaking the, what is it, the patient confidentiality? Yeah, yeah Whatever yeah. it is. It's just like, uh, oh, yeah, you asked about the picture in therapy then. It's supposed to be the implied bit, Mr. Stone. You, you, you can't just jump in with that one. He's desperate about this picture. De- aren't we all? Aren't yeah, we? I know, I know. Aren't we all? Um, and... <laughs> So in therapy, mm-hmm. where presumably any traumas, whether it be mental, physical, it's, you can all out in therapy, confidentiality, the whole deal, unless you're talking on a camera, on a TV show. She has told Von Wagner, instead of talking to her about it, to talk to someone that, she tr- that he trusts, right? I mean, a therapist should probably be that person. So the therapist doesn't know. <laughs> She's in the dark as we are. You're paying, you are paying her money to trust because of the aforementioned confidentiality agreement. Mr. Stone hears <laughs> that. This is the stupidest thing. Mr. Stone hears that. And he effing loses it. It's like, what do you want, Vaughn? What do you want, Vaughn? Your family, your friends, your girlfriends. And uh, he's so wild and he's like all over the map at this point. Vaughn cuts him off dead. Stop. It's you. It's always been you. And it cuts away before we can see what happens next. Are you even stupider than you look, Robert? <laughs> Stop. It has always been you. 
You had me at hello. <laughs> you had me at hello. So we've had now. We've had um, the wink last week was like right out of like an 80s college film. Yeah, like, and now this week it's like, it's always been new. Is As Von Wagner started watching films and he started to learn about like metaphors, similes and analogies and he's like, he's no longer needing to explain it all or have it explained to him. And the lesson is, how can you explain it all? You haven't understood it all yet. Yeah, <laughs> he's watching the films. He's just, he starts getting them all wrong where he's just like, hey, uh, Vaughn, do you want to go out for a drink? If he dies, he dies. You're looking pretty sharp these days, Vaughn, with your, I love you, and your suits and your like, tight tops from the gym and stuff like that. Uh, get me clothes, motorcycle, and boots. Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> Except you do know what you are going to get because there is a key, and it tells you that uh, 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 what are they hazelnut whirl? I that is my favorite, and I te- and it tells me the correlating picture, and then I eat it, <laughs> so I know what I was getting, and I'm glad I got it. <laughs> so you're wrong, Forrest Gump. Maybe stupid is in fact what stupid does. Fine. Will you please tell me about the picture? I'll tell you about the picture, all right? It was called Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Casablanca, ever heard of it? <laughs> Mr. Stone, I watched another movie last night. No shit, Ron. Why do you watch this? Time? It was called The Man with Two Brains. It explained a lot <laughs> about my past. I mean, just apps like, well, literally, cinema. Yes. The finally, region. finally, WWE has made cinema, and it's in the form hey, of Von Wagner. Deny it. I cannot deny it. I can't wait for next week. I, I see these two, and it's like, thank God, here's what I'm here I'm for. Just on the hook. It's the yeah. new Love Triangle. It is, because the old one was brushed aside later on in this episode. Right. Next, we get to, I think, the worst bit of wrestling television I will see this week. Of that, I am pretty certain. Well, QTV's probably going to be on Rampage. Oh, yeah, but I, nobody will ever watch Rampage ever again. So True. That's, so, yeah. <laughs> so it is going to remain the worst thing I watched this QT week. QT Marshall writes absolutely terrible material because he's gotten to in a forest. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone hear it? That's <laughs> it. It's like the new, the new sort of like the, the old parable made modern. QT Marshall asks you, but you've got him on mute. Yeah, yeah. Right. I got something you can collide into. <laughs> what the, was that, by the way? I only uh, watched. Hey, I said edgy. Nine, 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 seven, girl. Oh, God. Just... Mate, on your best day, you haven't got nine, ninety seven in you. On your best day. I know. He's a good, uh, good bumper. Yeah? Let's do that. Just, just, just bump around. Yeah. Get, what was this nightmare team called? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, the Natural Nightmares, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. back together. Keith, they go off with his single stuff again. Got the Natural Nightmares back together. Uh, no, was that rubbish? That was all right, but yeah. it's better as a yeah bumping heel, bumping heel, bit of a clown. Yeah, he's a cutie martial. He's a clown. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no shame in that. We're not like yeah. Dabacato versus oh. Axiom and Scripps. Oh my god, someone nearly died. <laughs> what was it? Right, so Scripps isn't a wrestler. He's a Cirque du Soleil guy that is being taught worked punches in an overpriced gym. Axiom... We've not been taught the hardbook, carry on. Yeah, Axiom's trying. Dabakato's useless. Um, and like when I say that, I, like that sounds crueler than I mean it to. No, he's got no he's use. He's playing a monster, 
and he's got no monstrous presence. Yeah. And he's not booked to have it in particular. That's two losses on the bounce. They're not, they're not even faking it. No. Like, that's it. He, they, like, when, when they bring in a giant, like, say, for example, Great Carly, like, if they thought some of his punches were too soft, it's like, well, these massive chops to the head because your hand's bigger than most people's heads, right? You could split their heads like a watermelon, and that's the bit. And when you're not chopping them, squeeze them. And then pick them up and drop them because you're taller than anybody else. Don't hit worked punches. Yeah. Otherwise, you look useless. They've given him none of these um, cheat codes. They've given none of these shortcuts. He's just a giant that's got to go in there and go give him hell, kid, 20 minutes. What? Right? Like he, That's not his job, and nor should it be. But, so this whole thing's a bit awkward and embarrassing, quite honestly. And it's a handicap match. And they've already beaten him in single competition. And the two baby faces. And the two baby faces. And Ac- one of them dies, Nelly. Ac- well, this is it. Axiom is figuratively dying out there, but that's nothing compared to Scripps literally nearly throwing a seven. Because they do this spot, which I actually think is pretty cool, in theory. They've obviously practiced this, and it's like, Scripps can jump around. He's a Cirque du Soleil guy. So I'm going to fail to describe this. I would recommend you go watch the clip. Scripps runs the ropes while Axiom lies down in the ring while Dabakate was on the floor. Scripps, while running the ropes, takes one very graceful step over Axiom's body, leaves his hands behind him, and creates like a rolling wheel do-si-do effect that propels Scripps to the outside where he dies on a Dabakato, in theory, because he almost misses, under-rotates, and stops just short of breaking his neck. If, to be honest, if Dabakato's not there, Scripps could well break his neck. If you haven't seen this, then there's a great chance that you haven't, okay? <laughs> you probably have seen, if not in the actual sitcom, gifts of Ralph Wiggum coming through the window. <laughs> yeah. It's that, it's, it's, the ex, it's that exact rotation. Have you... So you've seen like more like PWG and stuff like that. Like the what was that federation that the Young Bucks wanted to help get off the ground when AW launched? I can't remember the name of it. CW, so I can't remember any. But like you see, you've just got a more wider breadth of that kind of stuff than OWE. I have. WWE, yes, OWE. Thank you. Have you seen that spot before? Because I haven't. Not off the top of my head. No. But then I've got my uh, I've got a sieve of a <laughs> So I was like, I like seeing something that's theoretically brand new, uh, which that was, but obviously really dangerous. Anyway, nonetheless, it doesn't matter. Now it matters. Uh, They get the win anyway. Axiom pins him to build on the pin that I believe Scripps got last week. Kato's finished, isn't he? Oh, he's totally finished. Axiom shouldn't be finished, but he feels that way. Scripps isn't a wrestler. No? Uh, And Scripps, well, Scripps and Axiom, I should point out now, they're proper like best mates. They've got like the matching Power Ranger gear. They're just good to go. They're off to the races. Uh, Only they're not, because Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza from the the main roster, having had obviously great success up there, returned to NXT. Remember how great Angel Garza's NXT? Like, you you couldn't be sold on much NXT in 2019, but we we were sold on Angel Garza. Garza was the man. Yeah, like, it was such good stuff. Um, And they do get a pretty great response, to be honest. They beat down um, these two, and there's more of them later on. Right, down to the other thing on the show that I thought was pretty great, actually. Um, we've got uh, Stax looking at trying to solve... Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys. The mystery of who put Tony D in the slammer. Right? And it looks just like this is an audio podcast, like the Charlie Kelly, it's always Sonny meme with the conspiracy theory and the red string. Yes. It's like the... Trying to tie everything to a big headline clipping. I don't know what newspaper it was on because I couldn't find that anywhere. Yeah. With Tony D being sent to prison. Now, it's quite a cute, um, what were they called? Friggin' um, Fandango and Fashion Files. Fashion Files. We used to enjoy Freeze Frame. Remember the Twin Peaks week? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 
more people to tweet about this. That life was good. Yeah. <laughs> you see the thread where somebody put them all together. Will Washington. Yeah, I saw this. And Evie from WrestlePierre is quote tweeted this. Somebody is just collating everything on one of them as if to say, never do it again. You've been rumbled. Here they are. Anyway, on the board, I quite like this. So he's going through all the suspects for us thickos because we can't get to the bottom of this. We're not the detectives that... Well, Sax isn't. He's mafia. He's the opposite of a detective. He's the opposite of a detective. Yeah. Um, could it have been Dijak because of, quote... Retribution. Could it be Butch? Inverted commas. Beady Poppins? Poppins? Question mark. Name change. This was great. A picture of two, two dimes. dimes with the word alive underneath it. Really great. Cinema again. And he's like, no, no, no. no. It's got to be Gallus. got to be Gallus. It's got to be Gallus. Um, <laughs> he's about to call Gallus rat bastards, but he stops just short of that, Sage. I hope I can, because I don't know how to bleep stuff like Wilborn does. That's staying in. Um, he says, no, no stacks. Don't get mad. Get, get even. even. And as the old saying goes, take the head off the rat and the rest will follow. <laughs> Wrong animal stacks. He's not here this week. So Wilborn told me he's on holiday. He better not come in. Yeah, I hope not. I hope uh, I've not. never... You take the head off the rat, obviously. Um, and then... Oh, omin- yeah. Ominously. Ominously. He uh, settles on this picture of Tony... Holding his little thing, so he's been sent to prison. Tony wants me to figure it out. If I want the big seat, I gotta make the big moves. Mike Pauls. I'll show him. Sidgeman, I'm gonna blow your mind here. I'm getting really worried that Stacks doth protest too much. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think he might be there. I don't think he's gonna cut his own head off, but I think he's a rat. Yeah. I don't think he's careless. Nope. I think it's an inside job. Oh, God. I just... Any thoughts on this? Not really, actually. I'm no. Care enough, it's actually. Really. But it's... Uh, I watched this and thought, what's Wilborn going to think? Yeah. Like, earnestly. Because he's going to be worried, isn't he? Like, Wilborn's... Well, is he, though? Because, like, Wilborn... Oh, you love this. Right? Yeah, but they don't get along, do they? No. Wilborn and Stax, they're not like... But you, you like someone on television, though. That's true, yeah. Wilborn does like watching him on television. I was surprised, actually, Stax didn't point the finger at Wilborn. I think he's got to be looking for as many people as possible. Yeah. Like the dumbass Brit from the podcast. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I thought it was pretty ominous, to be honest. Yeah, no, he's going to turn. He's going to turn. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of match are they going to have? Because as Tony D always has a unique, new, stepped up match. Yeah. He's done a rat on a pole. Oh. He'll leave you like a rat in a cage. Yeah, something like that. Hits him with like a big piece of cheese. At the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like the mousetrap from the Jackass match with Sami Zayn and Johnny Knox. Get that back. Trap you like the red so you are Rat, like a kind of a rat match of some kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, something like that, anyway. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, Main <laughs> event time? Not yet. Nowhere close. Uh, Duke Hudson. It's about halfway. Duke Hudson is going to throw a pep rally for Thea Hale, but uh, then we'll have nothing for the previews, so we'll save that till next week. Yeah, yeah. Tiffany Stratton save cuts, a lot till next week for yeah, cuts a promo on Thea Hale, um, which I will not read word for word because I'm not Adam Wilborn, but anyway, she's pretty confident she's going to beat Thea Hale, and she probably should be. Right, um, to what I still maintain is the stupidest angle? No, stupidest division in all of wrestling at this point, the NXT tag team division. Idris Anofi and Malik Blade. Um, are one-on-one against each other. And Tank Ledger and Hank Walker take one corner, and Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen take the other corner. They've obviously been backing them both in the last couple of weeks. 
talking them into fighting each other because they were stupid to fight each other too. Yes. This is so dumb. That's dumb. This is so, so dumb. So was the match, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, that was what I was going to say, right? In Ophian Blade... I'm not being funny. There's so many cool moves in this. Well, Wilborn, for weeks... Fast, cool moves. For weeks, near months, has said, our boys, Idris Nofi and Malik Blade. And it's based on, like, some really funny backstage stuff they did in, like, early 2022 or something. It's going on about a year since they've really felt our boys. But this was just, like, you've got three minutes. It's like Partridge Berlin. You've got three minutes. Go give it to them. Like, they just thought, we're actually going to maximise our minutes on this. Because they did just fly around, all hour of the shop. Um, they do this really cool thing. They're so connected together for the finish that their legs intertwine, and then Malik Blade is able to turn that into a roll-up. So they haven't even had to do, like, the ultra-violence, I'm going to destroy you with my finish at a pin you, which I think is another, like, nice touch. They're not quite as thick as the other tag teams, yes. it would seem. They don't just want to batter each other, they just want to out-wrestle each other. Mega-athletic, mega-awesome. Immediately forgotten, because Booker T announces from the commentary table because he's the GM of NXT now, apparently um, that it's going to be a triple threat match next week to determine who gets a tag team title shot against Gallus the following week, which surely gets in the way of Stack's plans if he's able to bust Tony D out. So I don't know what's happening there. Um, and the three teams respond to that. If I'm not mistaken, Sage by going by nodding sagely and being like, Oh, big match next week. We should probably rest and go to the back. That's what happened, isn't it? They didn't all just suddenly mm. turn on each other and just start brawling with anyone that can get in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And get absolutely yeah, separated. Absolute waste of time. I tell you what, the, the match was stupid, dumb fun. Yeah. A little tiny bit of weird story tactics. <laughs> but, like, there was some bloody explosions in that ring. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. And they've got, like, chiseled physiques as well. Oh, they've got, like, really, like, proper athletes. Like, how do you move like that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, moving around like that with all that muscle on. Um, you did get, uh, obviously, after the announcement of the match and then the big brawl as well, Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza are, are on the um, Regal's Nest, like, kind of smirking. What a competition here. Maybe we'll make it a four-way. Like, yeah, that's a crack. Um, now, to your point earlier on about referees, backstage we go to Damon Kemp not seeing that the referee, that the referee not seeing that he had his foot on the rope last week. Well, where was the second referee rushing down to say, look, he might have missed this. Maybe it's just a policy that's been implemented this very week, and on SmackDown, it's going to just be the new norm. Maybe. Probably not. Eddie Thorpe um, doesn't, like, you know, sort of... He disputes it, even though Damon Kemp's correct. But because he's a babyface, says, yeah, he can have a rematch, uh, and Damon Kemp can pick the stipulation, which is an odd concession to give to somebody when you're the one giving them a match. Uh, like, I what? hate wrestling. It's <laughs> just like... All right, yeah, no, I'm a good guy, and I do want to win without any... There can be no dispute in the victory, so yeah, I'll wrestle you again. And another thing, here's an advantage in your... F- How? How'd you end up there? Okay, that, all right, okay, your arms are tied behind your back. Yeah. <laughs> right, you have to cut your legs off mm-hmm. before I wrestle you, otherwise the match isn't happening. So what are you yeah. going to do about that? So, look, to be fair, for balance, we do this with the house rules thing, don't we? Yes. Like, sort of, uh, in this match, you can only... Tag in and out in a rule that you can barely make out when you're watching live in the arena. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good rule. Terrible. That's, that's one dumbass. Dolph Ziggler. Can't get disqualified. I think I could happily just watch the the, the big shows now. The big show? I never... He's on my Mount Rushmore of bad. <laughs> just the, the big events. Like the Great American Bash? No, I'm talking about fucking NXT. Oh, sorry, right. I'll drop that cold. Dead in the ground. <laughs> like, like, two times. Know, backlash, double or nothing, forbidden door. 
I, I think that's how I would consume wrestling if I was not here. Wrestling has never been more a TV industry and you're advocating for a pay-per-view business. Yeah. <laughs> All the stuff that makes them the money. Oh, yeah. Get to, the for, good, for my get to the good stuff. For my entertainment, yes. Um, people's get, oh, there's a match on, there's people are trying to get in the match and the mm. referee doesn't know it's the people getting in the match. You're an idiot then and I'm an idiot for watching it. People accuse you of being um, too picky and pedantic. I think it's a quality in anybody and I think it's a quality in you, which is how I know that you will have loved the next segment because Blair Davenport, Michael Sidgwick, explained how all of those attacks took place by definitely not Indy Hartwell and her. Uh, returning to the scene of the crime with exposition about how she did it. It's the uh, it's the O.J. Simpson, if I did it, book. Yeah, if I uh, did it. Hypothetically, it. if I committed a crime. If I did it, I'd play Davenport. And after she'd assembled this presumably quite expensive to make video where she was laying out her, um, obviously her evil doings past and her evil doings of the future, they've given her a bit of a close message. My capacity for savagery, it's boundless. Enemies of Blair, beware. Who, who sets up Enemies a, of Blair, beware. Who sets up a car park attack because she wants people to know that her capacity for savagery is boundless? Is your capacity for savagery boundless? Um, for certain people it is. Yeah. Whereas Blair Davenport... For certain people on Twitter. My God. <laughs> My plan one day, I need to get off that app. I do. Everybody does eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get off. Before I go, I'm going to at and then bury the prominent accounts on wrestling Twitter that I hate. Oh. And then just leave it in the dust. A blaze of glory. It's a shame because I do like... I don't get the chance to do this as often as I used to. I'm just increasingly tired. Like the youngest child's bedtime has jumped up to the same. As oh my man! Eldest. In the summer holidays, it's even worse. Cause it's it's so half eight. It's ah, half eight. And half you, get, eight. you get so late at night, yeah. Half eight. It's got to the point where I get no time to myself. Like yeah. literally, not. Like the only time I get to myself is watching wrestling, which is my job now. And it feels increasingly like a job, the best job I'll ever hope to have. But my job, half eight bedtime. Go down, cook your tea. In the interim, you already tired yourself out by getting up early. Working a full day, going home, washing on, tea prep, baths. Nine o'clock, my fork is down, the kids are asleep, I've had my food, and I now, I went from a, I've gone from basically my uh, 20, late, mid to, mid 20s to mid to late 30s. I've gone from binge watching episodic TV shows, like just, you know, four breaking bads a night. Mm hmm. Then you have kids and everything changes. Then I've, last year, started binge-watching films. Okay. No, no. Film. Oh, oh. I watch a film in four parts. Or something. Oh. I'm so tired. Oh, the, the thing is, though, it's that or you don't watch films, isn't it? Because I find myself going, I don't have that film in me. Like, I'm looking at sort of... I'll watch a film in four parts. Looking now. at 140 at my absolute yeah, peak yeah, yeah. of what I could watch in one sitting. I watch, it, I watch it in... Watch it in installments now, like a series. So you think The Irishman is like an HBO miniseries, basically? It is. <laughs> but like, so said, The Wind Rises. Yeah. By Studio Ghibli. You know? <laughs> um, What's the pig, lad? Is that like... Poco Rosso. How long is that? Oh, it's very short. It's an hour and a half. Okay. For everybody else. I should, I should give that a go. That's oh, really fun. Mm. Um, to I 
I'm now binge watching in installments hour long documentaries about the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one, that one on the iPlayer though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh what are we talking about? Oh yeah. Enemies of Blair. Beware. Don't like that journalist who I beat Rupert Murdoch. Oh, um what's his name? I'm sure he's very good at what he does. Yeah. But he looks like he looks like he's in prison. <laughs> this intense glare, and he's just some specky twat. That's where his thing was recorded. Yeah, he's just like yeah. some specky twat like me. <laughs> he takes himself so seriously. I kind of want to coax you off Twitter sooner so we can get your pipe bam. Like, I just honestly, I want to kill them all. End with Sidgwick. Suck dick. Like, you're, you're a dick. You're a twat. You're a twat. You're a knob. You're a dickhead. Like, you are the worst person I've ever met. Do you think it would You be? think you're insightful. All you do is claim other people have no insight. You stupid lowercase letters yourself. Yes! You actually have nothing of substance to say yourself, which kind of gives you no right to bury everybody else, and go away. I love this. This is like CM Punk with a belt. Like, this is how we would, like, go for you. It's like, just scorch the earth. Everyone gets taken down. Days later, people still, like, cut. My God, like, is, will Twitter ever recover from the scorch that Sidgwick has left it as? And then, like... Obviously, like, it would be better than the thing I've just said. It's I would carefully write it. Blowing a kiss to Vincent Man, and that's your tweet. And then, like, eight, eight days later, you want to kind of get back in the mix yeah, to see yeah, what yeah. happened. Anyway, I'm back. I hate so many of them. It's, uh, for you has exacerbated this. I know he's a complete idiot, right? And I'm going to have to shut up soon because I want to get this over with. Mm-hmm. I know he's a horrible, horrible, horrible man and a complete failure and nepo baby. If he's done one thing right in his buddy life, Elon Musk, it's that for you tab. Yeah, I'm double addicted. He's he's people won't want to hear it's, this. It's like Twitter too. He's good at Twitter that counts. You can dunk on him all you want when he says something stupid, or you can be like, oh, Elon, the pictures oh, so are broken It's failing again. as a business hugely. It's losing loads and loads of money. He's, He's like, completely botched it realistically. Yeah. It's like wrestling tournaments. Yeah. And wrestling tournaments are good. Actually, no, they don't grow. <laughs> they kind of never have in the, in the States. Uh, it's like championing work rate, guys, in 2017. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not working, but you like it. But for you, Tab, man, it's, it's doubled my addiction. It's a game changer, isn't it? You, you could just not press it. You could just press the it's like, oh, I'll just have a quick look because I won't hate otherwise. <laughs> what are we doing here? event time? No, I'm um, not even close. Roxanne are you Perez. Joking? Uh, only half joking. Roxanne Perez versus Tatum Paxley is rubbish, and Roxanne Perez wins in a squash. Nearly finishes nearly, botched beyond belief. Nearly break the neck on the pop rocks. Um, beyond, botched beyond belief. Yeah, there was there was a uh, mistimed move or a botch or a near neck break, or something along those lines in every single match. Yeah. On the show. Like a very clearly identifiable one, not something that like pedantic castles like us would pick up on if we're being mean on a podcast. Clear as day. No, that's, that's not what's supposed to happen in every single match on the show. Um, but this is more about the promo anyway. It was a response to Blair Davenport's video. Roxanne Perez isn't afraid of her, and she might have injured all the other people, but she didn't injure her, and that's going to be a big match down the road. Any thoughts? On Roxanne Perez, uh, no, none, none, not a single one. I've uh, sold my stock in it, to be honest. Well, I know she's still good, and she'll she'll get good, and she'll be involved in main roster storylines that I hate with good matches in the stadiums. Uh, is a character 
I've sold my stock. I don't yeah, care. The world title thing is Pinnish or as a character? Oh, it's Pinnish. Oh, it was a really stupid Pox thing. And uh, Perez with a Popoc Rocks Pinnish. Popoc Um G- oh, R.I.P. the best storyline in this show's history. Gigi Dolin is pissed off about being eliminated from the Battle Royal last week by Keanu James. There was a lot on this show. I'm going to give him some credit here. We've been pretty critical on this one. NXT, and especially in the women's division, takes real care with its women's Battle Royals. You get like six angles that bounce off these Battle Royals, and none of them mean much. The but like terrible all the writers who can plot, that is the difference between the main roster. Yeah. It's Paul Heyman. They plot in NXT. Terrible plots, Aye. more often than not, but they plot. Loads of the eliminations turn out to count. Yeah. Like, they mean stuff the following week. She's, uh, Gigi Dolan's really annoyed about being eliminated by Kiana James, and Fallon Henley comes in and agrees with her because they both think she's a total bitch. Um, and they're going to pair up to deal with it, it would seem. Or at least Fallon yeah. Henley's going to like give Gigi Dolan some tips on how to beat Kiana James. Is this angle dead or what? I don't know. I hope not. They're trying to keep us on the hook, aren't they? Like they, oh, wow. uh, is it just that, like, Fallon Henley and Keanu James are just like, uh, it'll never be over, Brett. Not as long as I'm breathing air. They're just like, their legacy. Like the Trent Beretta wheeler Utah. Yeah, it'll never truly be over. Um, right. Last vignette, and then I promise it's main event time. Because uh, we see two kids having a sandwich. All right, cool. Yeah. And uh, those kids grew up to be Lucian Price and Bronco Nima. Um, they've grown up together. They've gone through some hard times. Um which is a shoot because they've been working on a level up for ages, and now they're ready for NXT for real. This was just one of them NXT introductory things, yeah. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Like they look like they'll be pretty cool baby faces. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, make a difference. Fat two spelled T W O. Nice, I like that. That's good. I appreciate those kind of references. Thirty years since the uh, King of the Ring, nineteen ninety three. Yesterday, kind of unofficial start of the new generation. If you ask me. <laughs> um, Baron Corbin versus Elia Dragunov was our main event. Look, oh, um, I'm never the match recapper that Baron Adam Wilborn is. NXT. Now, we need to talk about this, right? Because, right, I'll just do this really quickly. This is a virtually nothing match for the fat end of 15 minutes, right? And then, How can you have a bad match with Dragunov? Right. I don't even like Dragunov, but I can say that it's virtually impossible to have an unexciting match with Ilya Dragunov. He'll kill himself for the cause. Yeah, like, yeah. He'll just bend and break all over the shop just to, like, he can be a prop guy, he can be a heavy bumping guy, he'll give you what you want, basically. And this is so bland. And it gets to the point where they're kind of, like, exchanging finisher attempts. Corbin's trying to um, hit the end of days. He nails him with a deep six for a quite close two. Um, and then Bron Breaker runs in to distract Dragunov, who hits him with the missile doodah, but that leaves him exposed for uh, Corbin to get the end of days and get the win. Um, after the match, Corbin's obviously buzzing. NXT feel like they've dealt with the Braun Breaker Dragunov thing, so they roll out to the outside, and then Carmelo Hayes comes in and beats up Baron Corbin to get his heat back from last week and ends with his foot on the chest. And that title match is set up, so is the Dragunov Breaker match down the road. So they've done all the, it's a plotting thing, like you say, they've done all the functional things they yes. need to. Baron Corbin, with a real throwback move here, wrestlers, when they were leaving the territory, would not really pay attention to their look or their attire or whatever because they no longer wanted to be associated with that version of themselves ahead of starting all over again and making a bunch of money somewhere brand new. Forget this guy. This ain't action demolition. Yeah. Wait till you see me when I'm over there. Corbin in these friggin' red shorts and a band T-shirt that gets torn off in seconds, so it's just like red shorts. And is it like boxing boots? I know it was like a Golden Gloves guy, was he or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I couldn't. 
I couldn't concentrate on the boring match for the boring gear. It's just um, Do- yeah. double boring. His gear seems to be sending a message yeah. of, I'm not interested in doing this. You've told me to do it. I don't care. He's wrestling like a guy who has given up, perhaps knowing that they've given up on him. This is clearly a, uh, right, what can we do with Baron? We don't care. Send him to NXT. He's now the scalp. He mm. just loses to the young guys. This match was like literally impossibly boring. It in there with Dragunov. If he was really up for it, he'd be monstering him. Yeah. Um, it's so. And we know weird. he can. Yeah. Corbin's got those in him with the right guys every now and then. Yeah. Like years ago. Aye. Yeah, he's been in it for years, man. So in a wrestling match, I, I couldn't believe the pacing of. I know. It Glacial. was just a move, and then a move, and then you get hit with a move, and then you hit another move. The pace did not fluctuate or um, spike in excitement and then get the crowd down because they're getting, you don't want them to come too soon. And then they get back up again and then up, 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 up. Imagine a spike in graph. It's a a, a flat line. (laughs) A flat line of absolutely no. Like, I hate it when people say the young bucks don't sell because they're morons. They're morons, people who say this. They go crazy at this, like, all out 2021 against the Lucha Bros. I've mm-hmm. watched um, elements of it to um, research for an article I wrote about the 10 best matches ever in AEW, according to the internet. com slash WWE. Check it out. I spent a lot of time on it. They go balls to the wall, just absolutely luxuriating as video game wrestlers growing up. Oh, we can just... We can, Throw each other into the mesh. Dives and miss and go into the mesh. Like they, they'll love the mesh. Yeah. Mesh, 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 mesh. Then the match hits this really emotional apex when Penta, for the first time ever, like looks vulnerable almost when yeah. his mask is torn with the tacks and he's bloodied and he looks vulnerable and almost like he cannot do this without your support. And then he gets the support and it's this electrifying finish. They slow it down. They go bang, 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 bang. Then a bit more methodical is the main thrust of the story. And then it slows down almost to a halt when the good acting happens. And then it goes to this awesome finish. This was like the opposite of like that, those <laughs> levels of excitement and then slow it down, register everything. And then you get your iconic visual and you rest on that. And then you do your finish. Move, 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 move. 15 minutes of just move to it was he's not teach they're not teaching anyone in that system and Corbin came up in it mm-hmm. years ago how to work how to bring up the crowd how to take them down how to create suspense these like bursts of excitement and then <gasps> you should be having palpitations and then you should be engrossed and then it, it, it move move terrible 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 wrestling that's doing nothing to A, get the crowd excited, or B, right, if you're losing the crowd, here's some skills you can try. Nothing, just the most factory settings wrestling. It looked like Corbin was doing it for, he just learned how to do it, the mechanical aspect of it, but nothing more. I love that thing that you just described there, because you tend, as a fan, not to see it in the match, and then you hear about it in a shoot interview years later, where like, a real tenured pro. The Eddie Guerrero CM Punk is a recent example. But like somebody is so clued in 
not to the mechanical application of holds, but to the emotional control of it all, that they just whisper something into a wrestler's ear and a double down. And it wasn't in the plan, but they do it, and it changes the whole direction of the match. And then the the, the younger wrestler is like, oh my, I'm going to steal that forever because that has just changed how I look Jericho, at the industry. in 2008, bear in mind he was, what, nearly 20 years in? Yeah. Said that his whole perspective on laying out a match was changed when he was working Sean in 2008. Yes. Uh-huh. And he was like rising to get up from a double down and Sean went 10 more seconds. Yeah. 10 more seconds. We've got them way more than you think we've got them. And by doing this, we'll get them even more. 10 seconds. He obviously didn't say all this. He explained that after like 10 seconds. And then Jared was like, I cannot believe what doing t- 10 seconds of nothing at the exact right time accomplished for that match and how it elevated. And we don't notice that as fans. Because we're, we we're in it. Because you pulled we, we in. We do like... Subconsciously, you want to spot it, just yeah. In it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, uh, yeah, dragging off young bucks do that selling thing sometimes where it's like massive, massive adrenaline dump where they've survived something and then sell after the fact. Yeah, yeah dragging off yeah. does that, and there was no gap for him to do that here. Yeah, because there was no like big flourish. They were like, oh, he's finally made a big comeback, and now he's got to fall to the mat because he's just so knackered. There's no it's just move, 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 exchange, move, move. He's, Corbin's so checked out yeah. at this point. I'm waiting for the podcast. Yes. The gear, like, that gear was so telling to me. Like, I'm no. waiting for the podcast where he says, yeah, the, after the Bradshaw, after the JBL thing, I just completely checked out because I just realized there was no point in doing this anymore. I don't blame him. No, I don't blame Terribly him. Terribly, really, no. I felt sorry for him with the JBL. I've never been a big Corbin guy, in truth. I felt so sorry for him with that JBL thing. It's like you've killed him in my eyes. Yeah. Well, of uh, they killed him in your eyes, listeners. Um, I feel like you won't tell us that, but hopefully you'll give us good feedback on this podcast and uh, any other podcast that we do, you can find them all on Twitter. you think of the show you definitely watched? Yeah. NXT. Tell us on Twitter if I remember to tweet the link, and if I haven't, just tell us anyway. You know what our ats are, but if you don't, they can follow you, Sidgwick, at? M. Sidgwick. They can find me at Michael Anthony. You can find all of us at WhatCultureWWE. We'll be back tomorrow with the AW Dynamite review, and until then, we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.